and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger. And I'm Jeff Schutze. And we're very excited because today we're bringing you another edition of our mini-series, Your Animated Life. And in this edition, we have two wonderful guests, Brianna Williams and Way Singleton of the Black and Animated podcast. Also, Wayman is a professional storyboard artist, and Brie is a production assistant. They both moved to L.A. from out of state, which is why we wanted them on this episode, because who better to talk about networking and getting in the industry than people that came from outside of L.A.? I think it was a fun episode, and I think the listeners are going to get a lot of great info out of this one. And it was just funny too (laughs) there are a lot of laughs they're fun they're a lot of fun and we laugh a lot i like their energy they have Uh good energy together right yeah yeah you should check out their podcast as well because yeah their energy is infectious it's just great just have great having them on the show absolutely so without further ado on to the show Hello, everyone. We're very excited to have two special guests on the Ah! podcast today. Please introduce yourselves so that people know the sound of your voices. Ah! (laughs) We're leaving that. Hi, I'm Wayman Singleton. Hi, I'm also Wayman Singleton. And together we are Wayman Singleton the second. That's right. No, no, that's Wayman. Um, I'm Brianna Williams, and yeah, yeah. This is very exciting. And so today we're going to be talking about two topics that are very much intertwined, which is moving to California from other states and getting acclimated to what it's like living here and then adjusting to the industry and then networking because as we mentioned on a previous episode both Jeff and I are originally from California and I've lived here several times he's lived here his entire life and so moving around networking I would say wasn't too terribly difficult for us because we were already here we already had a network of people but if you're coming from out of state that's a whole other ball game. So we wanted to hear someone else's perspective. It's hard. And that's the podcast. And that's the podcast. I love it. Just crystallize. It's, it's hard. Facts. We're done. <laughs> bye bye. Good night, everybody. Drop the mic. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> this cost me. <laughs> but okay. So Bree, why don't we start with you? So tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and how you decided to move out here to pursue your career. I'm from Chicago originally. Uh, technically not Chicago. I just tell people Chicago because it's easier. Technically from the west suburbs of Chicago. And I wanted to come out here to the land of oranges and sunshine to get into animation. Um, my goal originally was to do storyboarding, and I really, really want to do that. I still want to do that, but I had to kind of rework my path a little bit for trying to do that because coming from the Midwest out to the West Coast is a little difficult when you don't have a lot of connections. And I had a small network of people, but I also kind of had to like get my skills up because Midwestern schools, not to dog on them too hard, but they're not quite 
where they should be. And I just kind of had to like take some steps in order to get myself at a level where I could get that industry job and to put myself out there to like have lunches with people and like email them and not be afraid to be like, hey, I want to do storyboarding. I want to be a PA. How do I do this thing? And that took me a little time to get used to. And Angela, you're one of the first people I reached out to. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. We met at at Chris Wimberly's Animation Network podcast mixer. Yeah. And it was through Sean, I believe is his Mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Because I remember talking to him on Twitter. And he was like, yeah, I'm moving here. And, And I was like, oh, I'm moving here too. This is really great. And... He was like, oh, yeah, let me introduce you to uh, Angela. And I was like, wait, are you sketchy soul of the animated journey? I remember that. I was like, yeah, hi. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Um, Can I, like, talk to you later? Because it's really loud in this bar and I can't focus. Yeah, I remember we went to uh, Bob's Big Boy and had onion rings. We did, yes. And I was kind of a bumbling baby like I am I now because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to ask. I should have wrote a lot of things down, but we're going to just talk candidly. Uh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were bumbling at all. It makes you feel better. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes you feel a little bit better. <laughs> but I know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> She and didn't think you were bubbling. She knows you were bubbling. She doesn't think you were bubbling. And now I'm a production assistant who is working at Wild Canary Animation on Mirror Royal Detective. Look forward to it in 2020. Woo. Disney Junior. I'm excited. Yeah. And trying to um, work my way into being a Starboard Revisionist. So, yeah. Excellent. And we'll dive more and unpack more of that unpack as the interview goes on. So let's move over to women. Briefly tell us about you and how you got here. Both of you are going to have much longer interviews on the podcast soon. We'll get to dive into more depth later on. If you wouldn't mind briefly telling our audience a little about you. Yeah, I am from the East Coast originally, from New York, South Carolina. Kind of lived there, those two places most of my life. But prior to moving out to L.A., I was in New York, and I... Did not like New York. <laughs> so. <laughs> I wanted to continue working in animation and LA basically in the United States is the capital of the cartooning and or just the entertainment industry in general. So I uh, packed my bags and moved out to LA. Very good. That was a lot shorter than mine. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> necessary. no apologies necessary. So Bree, so let me ask you because you know, I went to art school out in California, so for me it was a lot of industry people were already at my school, had used to work in the industry, or currently in the industry. What was it like in the Midwest, and what do you feel like you've learned now that you wish you had learned then? A lot of things. Okay. <laughs> the Midwest is not a bad place to be for like arts and entertainment, but it depends on what kind of art and entertainment you want to do is the thing. Like if you're a graphic designer, Chicago is a really big graphic design hub. There are jobs like all over the place. That was actually what I did first when getting out of college. I got a graphic design job. I kind of fell into it. But schools in the Midwest, specifically my school that I went to, which was Columbia College Chicago, they've gotten better now. I've been seeing like some of the kids that 
kids, <laughs> the students that have been coming out here recently and just kind of peeking into the programs and whatnot, because I still kind of maintain some contact with the teachers. And they've gotten a bit better about what they're doing to make sure the students are where they should be sort of when coming out here. But during my time, we were a little bit behind on what we should have known. Like Storyboard Pro, for instance, that is industry standard for storyboarding. If you don't know it, then you better get on it when you get out here. And we didn't really even touch Storyboard Pro until our senior year. And it was in a group senior thesis project, not individually. And I think also Two Storyboard Pro was kind of new at the time because that was 2015. I, th I think it was kind of new. I'm not sure. But regardless, we should have had our hands on it from the get-go, as well as sort of making short films every year rather than just doing one big one at the end of the year. At least that's what I think personally. And we were learning more so traditional animation on paper. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, I love it. It's really great. You, it's good to appreciate, like, you know, how things started and where it came from. But sticking with that all four years, I think, was a bit of a detriment because it didn't introduce us to Toon Boom Harmony and like, again, more industry standard software. So um, we also didn't know like what storyboard tests were either because we had this group trip out to California that we did senior year where they picked five CG students and five traditional students to come out to LA and like view studios. I didn't know what a storyboard test was or an animation test in general was until I got here and we learned from the studios that that's what you have to do to get a job. I thought you just, get an interview, send your resume, or that's it. But you have to actually test, and that's something that needs to be taught, and I believe is getting taught now. So just certain things like that, the Midwest was a little behind when I was there, and I didn't know till I got out here. And then, wait, was it similar? Because I know that New York has, at least when I was there, had a pretty robust independent animation scene. So did you feel that you learned, you know, about tests and storyboard pro and different things while you were in yeah. school? Yeah. Um, yeah. I went to school at uh, the Savannah College for Art and Design in Georgia. And we definitely knew about storyboard tests. And like, we they're pretty expensive. So <laughs> they're, well, they're really good at like getting people from uh, studios and having them come to the school and talk and to tell you like what is the standard and what they are looking for so i did get a good education on like what is expected of you if you want to pursue the career so when coming out here i kind of knew to expect like to you're gonna have to do tests and yeah and so then you said brie that mm -hmm. graphic design Advertising, that was a big deal in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Animation, not so much. So how did you decide L.A. as opposed to Toronto or Vancouver or New York? I decided L.A. just because that's where I knew where all the major studios that I was aware of were. I knew that Canada and the East Coast had a bit of a scene, but the main scene was in L.A. So I decided that that would be where I need to go, but only after a year... I didn't come out here right away. I waited for about a year working a graphic design job and then decided after a conversation with a friend to make the jump out here. Even though like there is a teeny bit of animation in Chicago, but it's all commercial or um, casino slot machine animation. Oh yeah, I have yeah. some friends that are doing that. So up in San Francisco. So a question for both of you then. So how did you make the jump going from 
you were in New York at the time, way, and you were in Chicago, Brie. So how did you figure out how to get here, how to find an apartment, how to make friends out here, how to get connections out here? What was that process? So when I decided to move out to L.A. here, I, let's see, where was I working? I was um, working in publishing, doing animation for children's books, like marketing, for the marketing side, like uh, social media and stuff like that. And it was a good job. And I really enjoyed like working at that place, but it wasn't like what I wanted to do. I wanted to do more cartoons. And at that time, jobs for doing specifically cartoon like animation was kind of like drying up a little bit like it was hard to find anything and my friends weren't finding anything and projects were kind of like stopping so I decided you know what I want to actually continue doing (laughs) cartoons and not have to find publishing job and be working in publishing so I can't remember what year it was probably like 2016 but I I was thinking, you know what, I want to do this. So let me like just start saving up and start making my work better because I knew like I wasn't at the right place artistically. So I started actually, yeah, I this is when uh, Chris Wimberly, famous Chris Wimberly. (laughs) (laughs) He he was doing this uh, first (laughs) round of mentorship class online like teaching storyboarding and I thought if I can learn from this guy (laughs) then I can have all the tools I need so I took his mentorship and learned a lot from it and basically just like just arming myself like saving money just learning what I had to learn getting my portfolio ready and also knowing people out here super important Going to SCAD, I was, I guess, lucky enough to be able to network with a lot of people that basically went everywhere, (laughs) you know, kind of just like all across the U.S., I guess. And in Canada, like, uh, I know friends that are in Canada now. But that is to say, basically, friends from college were already out in L.A. So that gave me the opportunity to visit and, like, kind of, like, get the feel of the area and kind of, like, ask them, like, hey where's a good place to live like uh what do you like what's the price range here what's the price range here and just get to know la and also a lot of uh youtube video searching like a lot of youtubers are like hey this is what you need to do to move to la (laughs) so kind of like getting not a specifically animation person's perspective on things too because it's like living you have to live here first and then you know you can get that job out here i guess or some people do it the reverse way but i digress what are some um, of the things you learned on youtube because i've actually never heard of anybody watching a youtube video about la but that just might be me yeah i don't watch a lot of youtube videos <laughs> so what were they saying yeah they were saying things like i mean just what places were like the least expensive to live basically i think funny enough like i ended up living my first apartment in kind of the same area as a YouTuber was like, hey, this is a good area to live. And I kind of forgot. And then as I was living there and looked back on the video, I was like, oh, wait, that's the supermarket I go to. Oh, wait, oh, that's my apartment they're driving by. (laughs) 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 
So yeah, they were saying things like the um, like oh Van Nuys is least expensive because of this, and Burbank is this expensive because of that, and like Glendale, uh, yeah, if you don't like your money, then live there. <laughs> if you don't like your money. Go to so <laughs> yeah, like tips like that, and trying to learn good ways on actually moving your things out, which I feel like I kind of did the. What do you call it? What's the good word for this? Just not expensive. <laughs> or probably was more the expensive at the end. Oh, oh. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it wasn't the best way. I basically just put all my stuff in boxes and mailed them out here. Oh, I feel wow. like, I think I was trying to say, not say the adult way of doing things, which is like getting a truck and then <laughs> like paying someone to actually put it in a truck and move it out. I don't know, that just feels more professional rather than I was like, eh, I'll just put all my clothes and books and everything out into this box and hopefully the post office gets there. And it did not get, yeah, it did not get, my stuff did not get to me uh, in LA very well. Like my boxes were like, people would pick them up by the top and like there were basically holes all over my boxes. Oh. Yeah, so I don't recommend doing it that way. But luckily I did wrap up some of my stuff inside my boxes so like not everything was like messed up. Also get insurance <laughs> when you're like doing cross country box moving. Basically, I did not because <laughs> I did not you're do things the adult way. The yeah, I did not do things the adult way. I was kind of like, ah, eh, this is the cheapest way. Whatever. I just need to get over there. <laughs> but luckily, I didn't lose like a crazy amount of things. But yeah, I think that's basically everything. Like from connecting with people to getting a understanding of what it's like to live out here and the price range of certain things and yeah when you both came out here did you have a job lined up or a job what is that (laughs) i don't know what that is (laughs) or did you save up money and then figure you'd either get a job in the industry before that money ran out or you would find a job like you know, you just work as a barista or something that you could find out here um, for money. Yeah, I definitely, I, of course, yeah, saved up. I saved up $10,000 and I heard stories of people going like, I have $300 time to go to LA. And I'm like surviving and making it. And I'm like, bless those Yeah, exactly. So half a day. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, I have I have a decent amount of money to actually like live and pay rent for things. And one of the reasons too that I like wanted to save up that much because I knew I was coming here by myself. I at first tried to find someone that I can move out with, but then I realized if I'm waiting for someone else, then I'm not gonna it's just gonna take me longer. So I was like, you know, I'll just get one bedroom because I don't like studios, because I feel like I'm a bird in a cage. But um, um, I need another room so I can walk into and then walk out of. I pace a lot. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I needed a one-bedroom, and I, I just knew that I needed to be able to pay for rent and food and stuff. So I was like, all right, 10000 that seems like enough. Um, I have friends that are like, you should go to $20,000. i am like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and I did not have a job lined up. I kind of just went for it, hoping things would be okay. And if I got into the red zone financially, then I'd just be like, all right, like right, I'll get that non-animation job. Like, I've done it before. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, yeah. 
Bri. How about you, yeah. Bri? So the move to LA was a weird process for me. Well, not weird. It was just I saw an opportunity where two of my friends were, well, a close friend of mine was like, I'm going to make the move with one of his close friends. And then my one of my current roommates uh, right now, she was already out here, but teaching at a summer camp and was like, you know what? I got to stay because she was like, yeah, I want to do animation, too, because we all went to the same college. One person was in film, then the other three of us, we were in animation together. So we were all like, you know, let's do it. We're going to make the jump. And this was about a year or so after we had all graduated because we all were a little timid about going for to do it for whatever personal reasons or family financial reasons we had going on. For me, it was a mix of like family and financial as well as like just my current job as a junior art director at a advertising agency. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not in a good home situation to some degree. And uh, I wasn't not safe. It was just like personal family things. And this is what I, where my heart is. I want to go out there and have to do this. So I was like, you know what? We got this. We're going to do this, guys. So we kind of did some research, as Wayman spoke on, about like, what are the cheapest places to live? What's the most expensive? And where are all the studios where we, we want to work? So we cut out Hollywood and all that pretty fast because most of us had visited on that school trip. And we were like, Hollywood's kind of dirty. We don't want to be down there. <laughs> Streets of Gold, that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and I was, I was sick of New York. And New York is basically like, the Manhattan is basically like how Hollywood is. So I was like, <laughs> No way. And Chicago's really clean, so we were all like, ugh, L.A., what you doing? <laughs> you need to step it up. Get on Chicago's game. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and so we we found an apartment after we were all, like, kind of calling around different places. Like, yeah, we're looking. We're going to be here in, like, a month. You got anything? We found a place in Van Nuys because Van Nuys is really cheap to be in for Various reasons. Mm-hmm. Take note, y'all. Van Nuys is cheap to live in for is, various reasons. It's, very, it's cheap to live in for various reasons. And those various reasons you should um, probably research and be aware of. Yeah. Okay, to say it on the show or would you rather not? I it's, mean, there's like, uh, you know, come on. You got Come on, guys. Van, 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 Nuys is, yeah. Van Nuys is a little, it's a little dirty and yeah. it's a little, it's kind of removed yeah, from where the, a little far from where like the studios are. It's about maybe like 20, 30 minute yeah. drive. Yeah. It's a good area because it's kind of, if you're interested in working in animation, it's like close enough to where things are happening animation mm-hmm. wise, but it's further enough to be a little less expensive. Yeah. And it is a little bit like, I don't, don't want to like be insulting to Van Nuys. <laughs> no. Like at the way I kind of like think about it is like, usually whenever I like watch TV or anything, that uh, any story that's like based in LA, if someone mentions Van Nuys, people get very like, "Ugh, Van Nuys? What?" It's just a little dirty. Yeah, it's just a little dirty and far out. It's just kind of like, yeah. "Why? Why are you in Van Nuys?" But sometimes you got to do what you have to do, you yeah. know, in order to make the jump. But we lived in Van Nuys for about a year, and what my goal was, I did not have a job lined up, so a lot of people were very nervous for me. I only had. Five thousand dollars saved up. Whoa, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than three hundred. <laughs> that is more than three hundred. Yeah, but um I only had five K and I had heard stories about people 
having 8K or 10K. So I was like, oh, man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And living in a single family household, I was very and still am kind of frugal about my money. So I was like, I probably will not realistically get that industry job right away. So I'm going to do what I know how to do, which is advertising and graphic design stuff. I'm going to work my butt off looking for a graphic design advertising job somewhere, whether it is over the hill or in the valley, preferably. And I will do that and do my hustle on the side for animation work because that's, I was like, I don't feel comfortable being unemployed. I didn't. And it made me really anxious. I know some people can handle that. I can't handle that. I need to have income coming in. So I got a advertising job after about a month and that brought in income. And that's my story of getting out here. Just kind of a bit of research, saving up money and trying to have a nine to five during the day to help me like do what I want to do. That's very good. That's great, yeah. Yeah, I'm impressed that y'all saved up so much money. Yeah. Because I didn't save up a whole lot of money. (laughs) A lot of people that didn't save up a lot of money, we just showed up. I just don't... I I feel like I don't like spending money, so it's kind of like... No, that's great. That's actually great. I'll spend money on food. Yeah, but when people course, invite yeah. me out to things, I'm like, how much does that cost? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always go, can I order the appetizer or the water, perhaps? Yeah. So how would you like to just come to my house? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's only, like, recently where I was like, you know, like, life can be short so maybe i'll like like not, not completely just yeah. be like i'm not gonna have anything leisure pace yeah. but now you can because yeah. now you're working exactly yeah. when you're not working yet yeah don't do that yeah because yeah you don't no, have totally the money. oh like, my gosh really don't don't use we've said sport, don't use credit cards you guys it's just a oh, terrible yeah. idea yeah well now in hindsight how much do you think is a good amount for our listeners to you know accumulate before they come out here Twenty thousand. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like one million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come out as a Bali. Yeah, yeah. you don't even need to get a job. I know. Just you're already yeah. at the executive level. You can start your own company. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I feel like it also it kind of depends on what your living situation yeah, is when you come out here. For sure. Yeah. So like, if you're couch surfing, you might be like cool if like doing a little bit less i mean definitely i would say on a good just starting out in general like five thousand over like maybe mm-hmm. even eight thousand over is like a good idea just like between five and eight yeah but again like i feel like it also depends on what your financial situation is before you even get out here because like yes i was working at a nice advertising job where i was making about a little over thirty thousand but at home, like, I kind of had to help pay rent and, like, help my mother out with bills and stuff. And that affects how much you can bring with you, you know? So I would say if your financial situation is a bit rough before moving, maybe don't come out alone and see if there is someone that is trying to make the move out here, too, so that way you both can support each other or however many people are there with you that can support each other. Because... I was very adamant in my heart and soul that I did not want to make the jump out here alone. I needed to be with someone. And I was blessed with three people that I came out here with. So I had like kind of a mini network to go off of as well as a couple of friends that had gotten industry jobs either several months or about the time as we had decided to move out here. I wasn't completely alone. But if you're coming out here alone, I would say do your best to save up 
maybe about as much as you said, Flaming, like yeah. five to eight, maybe even three. But just be aware that if you're here on $3,000, that's going to go fast because that's, if you get like a studio, that's only three months of rent. Not even counting utilities. Well, it's not even three months because you're having to pay first month's rent. Oh, yeah. There you go. Deposit. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe what... last month's rent. So that's all your money. Yeah. All your yeah. Money that's is, like all your money. So just that's rent. Not food or gas or insurance mm-hmm. or anything. That's one month yeah. of being here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, be aware of, like, utilities and how much you're going to spend for food and stuff. Mm. Don't just come out here being like, oh, I'm going to get the job and we'll party. Like, no, you need to think a little bit before coming out here. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the networking aspect then. So both mm-hmm. of y'all are out here. You have the benefit of you saved your money to get out here, which is very smart. And you had friends from school that were already here, so you could lean on your friends, ask them questions. Mm-hmm. So how did you go about meeting new people and expanding your network of friends and contacts. I hate people, though. (laughs) And yet you're here in my living room. (laughs) I hate you, Angelica. (laughs) Now the truth comes out. Now now we're going to play all safe. I feel like I'm super bad at networking. I say that, I I don't know, I just get anxious when I'm meeting new people. I'm kind of like, I don't know you. All right, well, I'm just going to completely embarrass myself. And you're going to hate me and you're like, hey, this guy seems like he doesn't know what he's doing and he's tripping over himself all the time. So like, uh, he's probably terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, hello. And somehow I spill spaghetti and wine and beer and I didn't even have that in my hands. (laughs) It just magically happened. I spill it all over over this person. person. They're like, wow, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He must be a terrible storyboard artist. And that's just they how got, they got I all feel that all the time. From that one encounter. Yeah, yeah. He can't get his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he's a stylist. Yeah. That's part of your charm, Wayman. <laughs> just shaking, little drawing, like... <laughs> like a grandpa. Oh. So now I'm trying to remember back, like, what was networking like? Well, not even, it doesn't have to be networking like back then. It could be whatever you remember from back then, but also currently, because it's not like, here's the, the fallacy that a lot of people still have. They think that, oh, once I get a job, I never need to meet anybody oh. new to the end. You guys are still meeting people. We're right. all still meeting people all the time. Right. So maybe this is a better question. What are some techniques that y'all used to meet people so that you'd be more relaxed or... Where were some places that you went that you found, oh, this is a good place to meet somebody, or maybe this place isn't the best, even though lots of people go here. Like, what would, did you guys I have think any, like, bars are not a that? good place for networking. Well, at least for me personally, because I don't like to, I drink socially, but mm. I feel that, like, bars are very loud, and especially if you go to, like, a party one, kind of like, um, what's that one that everybody likes? Story oh, party. Story Tavern. Yeah. I think that's not really the best place to network if you're in like the bar area anyway, because it's just a lot of people and very loud and it's like hard to talk with someone like one-on-one. I feel that small coffee shops are better. I like to go to Priscilla's in Burbank. That's where I basically- Priscilla's is great. That's basically where I did like all of my little networking lunches with people. I just was like, yeah, I'll meet you at Priscilla's or, or your place of choice, maybe a Starbucks or something that isn't full of too many people. That's just my thing. And also being kind of just treating it like a normal conversation, asking questions and asking about the person, like what their interests are and what they like to do and why they are where they are and like what what they like about it. Because it helps you get to know the person and 
humanize them in your head because these are people when you're networking they're people that are doing the thing that you want so at least for me it kind of scared me a little because I was like oh man this is like a super cool person and I'm just like this bumbling idiot and I don't know what I'm doing uh. and then spaghetti is there's just spaghetti everywhere for some reason there's spaghetti there's just spaghetti in my hand and I'm gonna dump it on my face you have to realize like no it's just a normal person like you and they started you know, somewhere as well. And they probably had to network and like, you know, talk and like get to know people as well. They're, they had to do what you're doing. So just calming down and treating it like you're, you know, hanging out with a friend, but asking like questions about work yeah, is a good way to like go about it. At least that's what I did to yeah. help me like relax. When talking to that's something that I've been trying to like, I mean, for myself, get used to is just like, um, I mean, just when emailing someone or like wanting to like just have a lunch date to like discuss certain things or whatever just be like oh yeah we're humans and humans need to eat lunch so like we can eat lunch and then possibly like you know just talk about whatever it doesn't even have to be work like because just having that time with someone just i don't know just helps like get to know you you get to know them get to know like how they work in their environment or like how they converse with people mm-hmm. um what their day-to-day is like yeah. when they go to work because that was a question i like to ask people like what's your day-to-day like as a pa as a coordinator as a store but i just like what do you do so to like get that knowledge in my head about like what is the job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and um i also love mixers just events where people are kind of like going and drinking and eating and going like oh hey or parties yeah, mixers are parties nice. and mixers are really nice because you kind of like just can walk up to people and kind of like hey this is a party we can just like talk and just be humans and not even have to talk about jobs and then like later you find out oh hey that person was doing this thing and we connected uh at this party like we we could just chat about it or whatever yeah just being very casual that's why i think like a bar is kind of okay Mm. when like doing the networking thing because Mm. at a mixer like everybody's hanging out and having a good time anyway yeah uh but if you're meeting someone one-on-one i just personally think maybe don't go to a bar (laughs) right right yeah that totally makes sense and I'd add, like, uh, events as well. Like, I know this event's been getting a lot of uh, flack lately, but CTN, because... Or Ground uh, Zero Animation Expo. Well, I, that yeah, Ground Zero. <laughs> Go to Ground Zero. But I mentioned CTN because I think that's, that's where, where we, we met. That's where we met. Well, and the second time. The second time. second time's where we met. And I feel like CTN's kind of like where our friendship started, kind of, because mm-hmm. we met at... A mixer. <laughs> we met at the same one that I met Angela at. Oh, oh okay. cool. Chris Wimberly's mixer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris bringing people together. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> this is true. This is <laughs> no, no, it really is true because that's why yeah. three out of the four of us are at this table right now. Well, you're oh, not yeah. counting the squirrel out the window? No, the window. that's not where I met you because I met you at Nick. Yeah. Because you're friends with Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Show. When we I met, met you in the hall, yeah, we were really like funny. walking around the hall, and I think you were yeah. talking to someone. Yeah. And I was like, I know that voice. Yeah. And I, <laughs> you're Angela. And you had a name tag, and I went, and I know your name. We <laughs> were Twitter friends. But and I met because we were both in the same Chris Wimberly mentorship. Uh, mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It, yeah, Chris is just yeah. he's the glue that hey, holds Chris, us all back. together <laughs> he's gonna listen to this and be like what? Yeah. <laughs> I've never met them in my life yeah but like gosh like even thinking about that like mm-hmm. when it comes to just um, networking or emailing someone to be like 
even though I knew Chris because of the mentorship, I was super anxious about emailing him about certain things. I just feel, I don't know, I get super anxious when I'm like talking to people one-on-one. But when it's like a super casual <laughs> like environment and there's many people, I'm like, all right, like I feel a little bit better. Events, actually, I feel super nervous at events. But I feel like that's because business kind of is slinking its head into an event because it's like this is a business event kind of basically so i'm like oh oh no <laughs> like i'm gonna look stupid oh no. no um i definitely like parties and mixers because it's just a lot more casual i like casual networking <laughs> okay. i prefer the one-on-one coffee meetings just because i feel for me it's a bit easier to have that conversation with someone about things mm-hmm. and you might be more memorable too mm-hmm. i would think yeah yeah and you're just one of it's 25 of... people i met that night yeah right but and angela kind of touched on this so are you still doing networking do you think it's still important now that you both are in the industry that you do networking events i feel like the networking is slightly different mm-hmm. now that we're actually in the industry because the networking is in a way with the people that you work with and with the people like that are friends with people you work with like if you meet them at like a party or even though you're not like networking with them because you're just hanging out but you're hanging out with people that may work at different studios and, the, and they know you they might ask where you work and be like oh I'm a board I'm a PA I'm cool and that's all you get and then you just have it hanging out but it's still networking because let's say like a job opens up at X studio and you just you're rolling off of Y studio person you met at that party might remember you that was working at the X studio and they'll be like oh yeah you know we got a thing going over here I remember you from that party whatever you come over here so like the networking it's not how do I get the job anymore it's more so just like being nice and friends with people in in casual environments I suppose at least that's how I feel about it because I don't really go to like the women in animation mixers anymore but i feel that my networking to a degree it's weird calling it networking because like i don't want it to be like i'm trying to get a job out of this person yeah. when i hang out the with word them. networking just, but... <laughs> just freaks me out <laughs> it's i mean not freaks me out but it just like it puts a lot of weight on something that shouldn't be as heavy yeah because it's kind of like yeah you're just talking to another human being and when you i feel like a lot of people think of networking it's like you're trying to get something out of this person but you don't want to get something out of this person you just want to be friends but like you're networking so now you're trying to get something out of this person Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just it's just uh, you gotta just be nice and (laughs) not like golden rule yeah exactly do unto others as you would have them do yeah Show that you're not like a crazy animal person. (laughs) (laughs) Wise words. And would be, you know, just like good enough to recommend or something. But in a way, like we are still networking even outside of that casual sense. Because like with our podcast, it's still like networking for us. Yeah, like right now. I mean, we're networking right now. Like being on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Like Like, literally, this is networking. (laughs) <laughs> really? Because I thought we were just oh, 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 being friends. 
Apparently we're networking. <laughs> oh, oh no! Where'd all the spaghetti come from? Oh god, I'm so sorry, Angela, Jeff. Where'd this all the spaghetti is, come this from? This is the one time I wish this was a video podcast because your face, just out that expression you just made, was great. <laughs> so good. Was it judgment? Oh, it's like, like no. the judging just oozing out of you. Oh my god. No, oh. yeah, like, it, it, it's like no, hard to right, define. You're meeting new people. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, through your show, you're giving a platform for people, yeah. which is fantastic. But you're also getting to know them better as people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And then people get to know them, and people also get to know you guys. Yeah, and like we see them, and then we're like, oh hey, it's, it's nice to see you again. Like when we went over to Empire to like visit, we saw one of our guests, and she was like, oh hey, it's nice to see you guys. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like that. It's like being chill with people. Mm-hmm. So I have a question about finding things to even go to because there's a myriad of things and sometimes that can be tough even if you type in like animation events in Google or whatnot because it might not necessarily bring up some of these things. So how did you guys find out about different events, different conventions, different mixers that may not be immediately known to people? I definitely feel like word of mouth is key. I'm thinking... Like when you say uh, animation events in Google, I'm like, I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> I don't think I did that either. Yeah. I think, I think it was a lot of word of mouth because I had heard about. How did I hear about women animation? Jeez, I don't know anymore. How did I find out about Leah? I think somebody told me, and I went to my first mixer in like October 2016 because I've moved out here in September of 2016. And it was the most awkward thing I'd ever been to because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. It was only awkward because I was just a shy baby. I'm like, I don't know. How do I talk to people? And then Jim Cummings is over there doing the Winnie the Pooh the voice randomly. He was just there. I don't know why he was just there. But he was. <laughs> I think it's a lot of word of mouth. But now there are more resources, I suppose, online when searching things. Because, like, at least on Facebook... I see a lot of events, but I don't, that could just be because my circle of people goes to these events. So, yeah. yeah. And it's also kind of like just um, paying attention to people that are in the industry, maybe like following them online and they'll post about like, hey, I'm tabling at this thing or hey, check me out at this event or whatever. Twitter's a good resource for that. mm -hmm. And like listening to a podcast. Like I feel like I heard a lot of events on Animated Journey because like at the end of the episode you'd be like, or beginning sometime in the episode, (laughs) you'll be like, this event's happening this week and you should go to it if you, you know, like animation. And I'm like, I do like animation. I I I should go to this thing. I think I heard about Wea through Cassie Soliday's podcast, Mm -hmm. The Pink Girls. Yeah. Like just. Because I was listening to hers and. Through that, that's how I found yours, Angela. Mm. While I was still in Chicago, I was like, yeah, cool people that work in animation. I'm inspired while I'm at my desk doing design. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a part of the word of mouth thing. Just like pay attention to the people that are doing the thing that you want to do or in the industry that you want to be in. And when they say something, you're like, all right, that's something that I can go to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or an organization I could be a part of. Right. Okay, and you talked about Twitter, you talked about online, so has being on social media, has that helped you at all in terms of meeting people or getting together with people or publicizing your art? Like, has that been a big key in anything or has it mainly been actually going to events and mixers and talking to people in person? 
It's a bit of both, I think. Yeah, um, I definitely feel like it's a bit of both. Because, like, I wouldn't have met you if I had just hung out on the internet all day. Not mm-hmm. that there's bad people do that, because, oh boy, I was on the internet all day for a good chunk of college <laughs> on Tumblr, so I'm not even going to judge. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like face-to-face meetings when you can do it is important. Yeah. But I also think that having an online presence or being in the conversation, air quotes, being in the conversation is important. Follow the conversation on Twitter. (laughs) Like, because, um, for example, like when we were talking about how we met Angela, you saw my name tag and were like, hey, I saw your name on Twitter. (laughs) Like you Mm -hmm. you recognized uh, my name from Twitter. And that's because like I was being involved, you know, like on social media. So I think... Being involved, a lot of people like see that name again and again, and you're like, "Wait, where have I seen that name before?" Oh, like you're that person, or like just even just making friends with people online. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're like, "Oh, I'm coming out here," then those friends that you made online are like, "Oh, I'm out here already." Like, let's yeah, hang you out. Can meet or, up with yeah, them. exactly. So it is definitely a huge part of it. It's social networking. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I just wonder how social it is because sometimes some people, you know, they meet a lot of people through mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, and other people, I never see them online, but they're really good at just meeting people in person. So mm-hmm. I'm just always curious how how helpful is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it kind of depends on the person. Like if you're really good at it, then it's like, all right, you can like totally do it, and. Um, uh, you can meet someone online or like just continuously tweet or continuously Instagram or continuously post whatever you're posting on whatever poster poster. And it's then... also fun too when you recognize someone from their like social media icon. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell you how many people when I was actively going to more WIA mixers and just different events that I've been to where or even like a lunch if I had with a group of people where I'm like why does this person look familiar? And then I think back to, then I go to Twitter, and I'm like, because that's who that is, and I'm following you on Twitter. And they're like, what? Oh my God, I'm following you too. We're like, ah. Because <laughs> like, you never meet them in person, and you always see them, but then when you act- you're actually there, you're like, oh, hello friend that I've been tweet- tweeting at, finally here in person. <laughs> my brain is just echoing what Jeff said earlier, and now I feel disingenuous. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm so afraid of feeling disingenuous. I know, but now it's echoing in my brain. I'm like, oh no, like because I I'm like thinking well, about like certain things too. Because I'm like, I tend to be uh, or skew introverted when it comes to a lot of certain things, which like I guess feeds into the anxiety of certain things. But going actually going out to the events or going to mixers or like if you someone's like. Let's say someone you're like follow or friends with online is like, I'm doing this party thing or mixer thing or just having an event. I think telling us like just going to it just to be to show that you're alive, I guess, like being present there yeah. mm-hmm. is important because it's like, yeah, you're alive, you're doing things and you're, you're, about you're you exist. Yeah. Exactly. So you're showing people that you like FaceTime, basically. Uh, I think I said that earlier. I can't remember. But having that FaceTime with people. And just showing that, yeah, you're, you exist. Yeah, it's definitely important, important to physically be there and, like, meet the people yeah, instead of, that instead of like, consistently just kind of poking at them online. Because yeah. there's only so much that being online can do. Like, mm-hmm. online presence is good, but it's good to actually, like, do the footwork. Yeah. You know? yeah. I feel like that applies online as well because yeah. 
if I don't post something like for a couple weeks, you, you know, you start getting those messages like, "Are you okay?" Like, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's a good way to let people know you're still out there and mm-hmm. making art and all that stuff too. So. And also, if you're not physically in those areas like LA or the East Coast that have those mixers, I would say then that your online presence is key. Yeah. I suppose because for whatever reason whether it's financial or whatever that you can't be there yet it's good to like put yourself out there and be like i am here i want to do the thing and reach out to those people that are doing the thing that you want to do so that way when you do get here you can be like like wayman said earlier hey i'm gonna be here and they could be like cool i'm here already let's meet up yeah okay so i'm curious of all social media networks out there because there's a lot you know the big ones are twitter tumblr facebook instagram linkedin Mm -hmm. which one or ones do you guys have felt have helped you out the most with just meeting new people making friends and finding out what's going on um i definitely feel like for me twitter has helped me find out what's going on Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, because I definitely find, like, the most, like, hey, I'm going to be here. Or, like, oh, look, my, my tag name on Twitter is at whatever thing I'm doing. And it's like, oh, what's that thing? Oh, maybe I can go to that. That sounds cool. So I definitely feel like Twitter has, for me, been a good information gathering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good Twitter... I know a lot of people are like, oh, Twitter is, like, a cesspool of people just, like, having their hot takes on the internet and... Yeah, it is. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm mean, literally missing that. It's so weird. Whenever I hear people say that, it's never my experience. I'm like, what are you talking about? I guess I just don't. You follow the right people. Yeah, I guess I follow the right people because <laughs> literally, like, all my stuff is always just like, oh, look at this uh, out of context Scooby Doo video. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm like, wow, Twitter's fun. You're a pure soul. Yeah, yeah. Pure soul. I, I, mean, I don't. I guess. Now that's you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> you're avoiding all the neo. Yeah, literally. I'm like, why are people stuff. so upset about Twitter? Like, I guess because you're not engaging know. with that all that other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but if you uh shove all that in the corner, <laughs> Twitter is very much a good resource for finding the people that are again doing the thing that you want to be doing or in that community mm-hmm. and you can reach out to them well if they make themselves available to reach out to don't there's there's a bit of etiquette that some people that are just coming out of school may not be aware of and uh, i feel that it's good to address that when you do want to like meet up with someone or hit them up or whatever maybe don't go in their dms and be like hey hi can i hang out with you be a little more formal with it and respectful and don't get angry if they don't get back to you because it's probably not personal they're just nine times out of ten really busy mm-hmm. and that's okay yeah you can hit them up a little bit later yeah i just wanted to make that that's very good very no, good that's good because you know you should always have more of a hi how are you this is who i am mm-hmm. this is what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. and i'm talking to you because you're doing xyz things yeah get up be to the point cool. mm-hmm. could i ask you a few questions about it yeah or if you're in town could i meet you for a coffee yeah that's a good way rather than hey yeah let's go and be pals like wait hold on hold Sit on just a little yeah <laughs> like wait a second yeah um i do also find that linkedin is a valuable resource i know a lot of 
people also kind of dismiss LinkedIn, like, oh, it's a grandpa thing. But I find... No, sorry. <laughs> it's so funny because... <laughs> sorry. Like, uh, when you mentioned LinkedIn earlier, my brain would be was like, LinkedIn? What's What? So I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I was like, no, LinkedIn could be, LinkedIn could be good. So that's why I held that. No, back. I think that's great. I think that's that is a fair response. <laughs> that's fair. I want to hear what you have to say, Bree. Yeah. And I then think... I'll say why I mentioned LinkedIn, but that is fair. <laughs> I, get it. <laughs> I think at least before I got out here and I had sort of a Twitter presence, I didn't really get a Twitter presence until I started to move here. I found that LinkedIn was a good resource for me to um, look up studios and the people that are working there and to send them a short message and connect with them and message them about things that are going on and to ask them if I could get some advice before move moving and like what I should be doing when I get out there. At least that's for me, that's how I found it valuable as well as job postings for various like graphic design stuff that I was looking forward to applying to when I moved out here. That's why I think LinkedIn is valuable, mm. even though it is some people are like, I don't look at it. I think <laughs> I even had a LinkedIn subscription <laughs> like when I was trying to move out here before that read like kind of like because i think you have to have a description to message certain people sometimes sometimes yeah, yeah there's certain people that if you don't have their email address you mm-hmm. can't connect to them right and then there's other people where because when you subscribe you can message anybody yeah mm-hmm. you want to whether you have their email or not whatever their settings are right so, so yeah, yeah i think i did do that and i was um, also able to like find recruiters and stuff too on there right as well and there's this really awesome excel document that's been around for a while but i found it when it was just starting that has that updates every day and like every hour on the hour with multiple animation industry jobs whether it's vfx production like whatever you want to do what's the name of that thing i can't remember the name of it but i have it bookmarked on my computer and i would check it every day and because of linkedin like if i wasn't actively looking on it i wouldn't have found that spreadsheet Mm. so i don't know i find linkedin valuable Mm mm-hmm just me personally. I mean, I don't think LinkedIn's invaluable. I, just... I don't think you have to pay the money for a subscription. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. That's yeah, probably why I'm like, ah, LinkedIn. <laughs> Plus it's expensive because it's $29.99 to like $59.99. Yeah, that's, on what you want to do. That's 30 bucks so. you keep in your pocket. Yeah, I think I, like I, a burger. I think I have like <laughs> a free trial $30 and burger. then I forgot <laughs> that it was a trivia trial for a month and I was like, ah, take it. And then you get charged? Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, I found that LinkedIn is really good to contact recruiters yeah. because a lot of recruiters are on Twitter and some are even on Instagram and Facebook, but they're all on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was looking for jobs, a lot of times what I would do is I would message the recruiters first and just ask them about the job or, you know, see if I could send them like materials mm-hmm. or like email them about it. And a lot of times I got a response back. From people mm-hmm. and so that felt really good knowing okay this person's actually going to look at my resume and cover letter it doesn't mean i'm going to get the job but now i know it's going to a, a person human yeah instead of just going in their system because they're getting hundreds if not thousands of applications mm-hmm. and so it's been a really good tool just to 
it's on a more professional level and I think right. people just know this is a more professional level and so they know from the get-go this is going to be about a job so you don't have to worry about oh are they going to be upset like no they know why right. I'm here I know why they're here we are here for jobs yeah mm-hmm. so it was really good for that also there's a lot of job postings yes there is for a lot of different things mm-hmm. and so I found that to be very helpful because you could see, oh, this studio is hiring for this. This studio is hiring for this. Mm. And then it had that little thing that said, and these are the people that you know that are working at that <laughs> studio. Go, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Let me ask them about it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of dings you, too, when your friends go from one studio to another right. or get a new job. It's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Update, you you ask them about, it's like, do you like working there? Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. place. <laughs> and ultimately, too, because, like, you can reach out to recruiters, um, you know that, like, well, let me back up that if you're reaching out to people on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, that are, like, doing the position you want, it's good to also remember that, like, they're not the one that's going to get you the job. They're going to just tell you about it and maybe forward your resume somewhere if they can. But it's ultimately going to go to a recruiter, and that's the person that will do the hiring and, well, not... Uh, do the hiring, hiring, but like mm-hmm. put you in the position to actually do the hiring. Right. Uh, if you're a board artist and you want to talk to a board artist, board artist is not going to be like, all right, you got the job. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just a good thing to remember mm-hmm. people. Yeah, a lot of times it's the production coordinator, the production manager, and the recruiter right. are the people that are going to help you. Your fellow artists are an awesome and wonderful resource, but they're not going to hire you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Said. That's why when I did a lot of my networking, I specifically reached out to production people. Yeah, but Jeff, but I wanted to ask you some of these questions too, because you've lived here your whole life, but you were in a whole other industry before getting in. So what were some, what were some things that you did? Did you, like, how did you find out about different organizations, different classes and different people to talk to? I think it was the same thing. I found a lot of stuff on social networks like Twitter and I don't get on there much, but Facebook has like local events mm-hmm. and you know, you can set it for like art or whatever. And I think that's how I found out about, no, Chris, I found out because of the podcast. And then when he said that he was doing his mentorship, I feel like that's really when I was like, okay. I'm going to take this class and that's going to be my path into the industry and all that. And that wasn't all. <laughs> it takes years of other stuff besides just taking one class. But yeah, social networking. And then I met you at the, well, we met before and I'm sure the listeners have heard the story of <laughs> meeting at, you know, a Comic-Con and then meeting at Chris's Mixer and all that stuff. But yeah, networking was very powerful because I, I met so many people and it really did help my journey into animation. So, yeah, social networking, real networking, keeping your ear out for things that are going on and just meeting people and, yeah, just being friends with them. Yeah, so it really is powered by people, which yeah. is cool. Mm-hmm. More so than any other industry I've ever worked in. And any other type of job that I've ever mm-hmm. had, it really is your connection to other people. And that's that's a good thing. I know that it's very scary. Yeah. It's a scary idea. Yes. That, yes. Oh, oh, God. It's, oh. it's not just my talent. It's people knowing me and liking me. Oh, no. But for me, I found that the best way to think of it is just to go into situations and go, I'm going to meet some really interesting people. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hear what they have to say, and I'm going to learn their story. And if we get along, that's great. And if we don't get along, that's also okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if you don't connect with everybody. Yeah. Right. It's okay if you're not friends with everybody, whether they're a recruiter or a manager or a director or a PA or intern or whatever they are. Yeah. It's okay to just it's be acquainted okay. with them too. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to be like buddy buddy like, oh you want to come over for a beer? Like you don't have yeah. to do that. Right. You can be acquainted with someone too. Like, oh mm-hmm. hey, I remember you. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like what helps me to, to keep from being nervous is just to go and be like, I like people and I like myself. I think mm-hmm. that's just the very basic thing you have to go and just just be comfortable with who you are as a person Mm -hmm. yeah just know that Mm -hmm. you're going in as i am a person of worth and value who is fun to be around and i will meet other people of worth and value who are also fun to be around and if you get along great and if you don't that's okay Mm -hmm. and it's not like if i go to this mixer or this event or this portfolio review or this convention and it doesn't work out I'm dead to the industry forever. Yeah, no. Because for all of us, it took us years mm-hmm. to get right. studio jobs. So it's not like you go to the one thing or like you said, the one class and it instantly works. It's more like maybe the 15th, 20th, 30th thing you go to cumulative over years. Mm-hmm. It definitely takes time because like, it took me a year and a couple months before I got my first animation job. And granted, I was in a okay situation working in entertainment advertising which is very profitable and there's a lot of it here in LA but that's not where my heart was and it took a lot of just putting myself out there reaching out to people and just overall like you know having a good good time like just being a normal person like Mm -hmm. chilling with folks just sharing what I like to do and getting to know them and things like that whether they became a really good friend or I just became casually acquainted with them and then like I see them on social media and they're like oh hey and I'm like hey you know it takes time and it's all about being patient and not giving up yeah because discouragement can definitely happen and it hits hard but you can do it I feel like just remembering that you're living life I guess because like I feel like I mean for me when jump hunting or whatever you get in that mindset where it's kind of like all right i need to get this job because i went to college for this thing and i have to prove to everyone something and like you start living in trying to do something instead of like just doing things and living you're trying to be living this life instead of like or a certain life like the idea of what you think your life is instead of actually living your life so i feel like a part of it is like remembering like you're not trying to get there. You're already like at a point and you're just, you know, just be a person, talk mm-hmm. to people and don't be, don't forget that they're also people. And this yeah. like communication is a part of living. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like uh, when you're in that job hunting mode, you're, you kind of just, you fall into that. Like, ugh, <laughs> like I, I'm not living, <laughs> but you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's that like kind of phrase? Like the pyramids weren't built in a day. You yeah, know, it's like it, it, it'll it'll be all right. But I also wanted to say too that um, when you're in that job hunting mode, going to mixers where whether it's the Wea mixers or the Creator Society mixers, those are fun. You should go to those guys if you're listening and you're in the area. It's a nice camaraderie because a chunk of the people there are also on the job hunt too, and it's just fun to meet people that are 
also looking because you know you're not alone and you're all there to like support each other and they're like oh man your stuff's really good like thanks like i like your stuff too and you make friends that way i've met a couple of people again like we're not super super close but i've met some like really nice people going to those mixers and like i kind of keep in contact with them a little bit like through social media so i think it's nice to just kind of have that camaraderie of like you know we're in the we're in this together and we support each other yeah it's definitely like important too to just to talk to everyone like basically you're saying like meeting people that are in your same situation like i feel like there might be the thought of like well uh, like oh this person's like uh like just starting out or if you'd like you know if you're trying to network with people and you you talk to someone that's just starting out you're like ah well I'm not going to be able to get anything out of this person, so I'm just going like, to ignore them. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. when you start conversating with them, and they're like, uh, okay, and then leave. Like, I've had that happen before, oh, no. where someone's conversating with me or with someone, and they just, like, completely leave the conversation because they lost interest because they're not exactly in the position to, like, I don't know, get you a job or something like that. Just don't do that, I guess, yeah, you yeah, know? don't do that. One I'm blunt. One that's being a jerk. Yeah. So don't, yeah. don't do that yes. because it's not all about you. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's about the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, networking, that's a word that a lot of people don't like. Mm-hmm. So a better way to think about it than is just meeting people. Yeah. yeah. You're mm-hmm. just yeah, you're meeting, meeting people. people. Mm-hmm. So think about if someone were to meet you and then walk out on you that way, your opinion of them would be, wow, this person is really unfriendly and not cool, and they're just trying to get something out of me. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good feeling. That's not how you should treat people. But then number two, you don't know where people are going to end up. Right. Exactly. exactly. people remember when you treated them well, and they really remember when you treated them poorly. So if you're talking to somebody and they don't have the job that you want or you think they can't help you, I'm saying in air quotes, and then one day they can help you, they're not going to help you. Because they're going to remember, oh, you're the person that when I was getting started, I wasn't good enough to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. Yeah, people tend to remember bad things before they remember good things. So I feel like repeated good things is better than just one bad thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so be be a good person. Just be kind to people. Mm -hmm. Just be kind. Yeah, and I think you saying, you know, just think of it as meeting people is a great way to think about it. Because I think a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves when they go to these mixers and are, you know, because I've done it. I'm not the most social person where, you know, in your head you're like, well, I gotta make such a great impression and I'm gonna be so funny. I gotta have fancy business cards. Fancy, yeah, all that stuff. You really don't. You just need to, even just showing up is really great because. A lot of people, a lot of the ways that I've met people is I might not have even talked to them or said anything, but you start seeing the same people at these mixers. Yes, you do. You totally do. And then the next one, someone might come up to you and be like, hey, weren't you at that other thing? And then you immediately have something to talk about, Mm -hmm. which is great. Or you can go up to someone and say the same thing. So it's just, just showing up and just being relaxed, just have a real conversation. You don't have to, like, be cracking jokes or whatever. Just be a person. Mm -hmm. That is exactly right. And you're right, too, about people recognizing you. Because I've gone to classes and different events where I haven't talked to a whole lot of people. And then the next time someone will come up to me and say, hey, I saw you last time you were here. And I'm like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Let's talk, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And also a thing that I do, which I find helps out a lot, because sometimes you go to these events and there's just so many people. 
and you think, wow, I'm looking at a sea of people. And so in my mind, I go, I'm going to try to talk to up to five people I don't know. I just make up a number, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I'm going to talk to X number of people that seem interesting. And then when I'm done, I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to try to like stay for four hours. I'm not trying to meet everybody. I'm just going to talk to a handful of people. I'm going to do my best to have a really good conversation that's mm-hmm. not super surface, but actually get to know them. I'm going to hang out at the buffet. I'm going to go home. Maybe for you, that's one person. Maybe for you, that's like 15 people. But like, you know, if that helps, set like a timeline and a number to meet. Yeah, so you don't mm-hmm. get overwhelmed. Yeah, because mm-hmm. everyone gets overwhelmed. I mean, I'm an outgoing person, but at a certain point, it's like, okay, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that Chris Wimberly's like, Cartoon Network mixer. I was a little overwhelmed when I went there because I was like, this is the first like big mixer I've ever been to and it's their Cartoon Network and there are a lot of people. Oh my God. And I really only talked to like maybe seven or so. Which is a great number of yeah. people. Both of you being one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Yeah, it's like achievable goals. Yeah, you know? it's really good advice. I'm gonna, I'm, I wish I had someone to write with, um, but... Well, yeah, because this is really, I'm like, this is good advice. I'm going to take this advice. <laughs> you give good advice. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should, like, have a podcast or something. Yeah. People have said that. No, but that's exactly why we're doing this, because there's, you know, there's the things that people say, oh, you should do this, you should do this, but they don't tell you that the how... Yeah. yeah, right. And that's why we wanted to do this series. Well, how, you know, people say, move to L.A. How do you move to L.A.? Yeah. They say, oh, network and meet people. How do you meet people? Mm-hmm. They say, oh, you should do social media. How? And then, which ones? And what do you say? And what do you not say? And mm-hmm. where do you go? Right. So it's like the little, the little details are missing sometimes. Yeah, and I think it's also good to, like, not exactly have all the information and i say that only because for example that moving thing that i described like how i moved all my stuff like through a bunch of stuff in boxes and moved them i did that because i didn't really know what was the best way to get my stuff across the country but also it got my stuff across the country <laughs> one way or another yeah i moved all my stuff well, not all of it, but like two-thirds of it from New York to Texas in boxes. Yeah, it's definitely a thing that you yeah. could do, but you probably shouldn't do it with everything. Right. <laughs> like the things that are movable, yeah. you could do oh, it. Yeah. Like it's good with like soft things that yes. can't get destroyed. Right. Like mm-hmm. clothes, mm-hmm. books that if they get a little dinged up, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but if it's something that you really, really like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, valuable. That, that'll be not the box that idea. looks like it gets punched. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even mention how we got stuff across. We use those big like U-Haul boxes that they oh, that they mail yeah. across the country mm-hmm. and then you pick it up at like the nearest U-Haul station at where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that costs like $1000, guys. So yeah. just be aware of that if you use the U-Haul box. I don't yeah. know why I'm singing. When I, got a, a U-Haul, I had a U-Haul from Denver to San Francisco and that was $800. But it moved everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I knew yeah. it wasn't going back. No, yeah. So I put I put my entire life in a U-Haul and a car, mm-hmm. you know, and I moved with like my parents and my uncle helped me move. So we switched off like who was driving what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like my whole life was in a U-Haul. Yeah. So it's interesting when you realize everything you own can fit into 
a small truck. Yeah. <laughs> we put three people's items in that U-Haul box thing. So it was oh, like, it was like we tetris all of our stuff in there. Like we were like, well, this isn't coming back to the state. We are going to do this somehow. And maybe that's a good thing too. Like, are you willing to sell stuff before you? Yeah, I was gonna like, say, yeah, like, sell donate, things. Donate a lot. Of donate stuff. things because trouble light. Stuff. Well, because for my thing, the reason why I tried to get it all in a U-Haul in my car was the smaller the container, the smaller apartment I need to move into. Right. The more money I can save. So mm -hmm. if I can whittle this down, then I can live in like a little square and it'll be cheap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's I'm... my problem is that <laughs> I've lived here my whole life. So I've never had to sell off my stuff. So I need a separate bedroom just to hold all my you need crap. To mar you need to uh, cone Mari your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. have I tried. What sparks to joy? Your I have tried. <laughs> It hasn't taken you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need to like call her. Yeah, because she's, she's yeah. going to yeah. come to your house. Okay. Oh my gosh, we need you. Yeah, you have to yeah. be on the show. Be on the you show. Be an You're going to be on season two. Yes. Right? Are right. you listening to me? Nice. <laughs> we have your next guest. Yeah, or um, who's the guy from Queer Eye that organizes everybody's life? Oh, yes. yeah. Which yeah, guy? Yeah. I can't remember. I don't know any of them. I'll take either. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Marie or that guy. Yeah. They're, they're, no, they both come and then they like do it. They like team up to help oh. you. Or they do like a versus thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Who can make his life cleaner? Two, you know, like and you just fight. end up with like just nothing because <laughs> everything's thrown out. Yeah. You're like, but well, <laughs> we gave you the sleeping bag and a plate. <laughs> That's all you need. What that sparks to my joy. Sentimental stuff. Those like, didn't spark trash. joy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I guess another, like, good helpful thing with when it comes to networking that, again, like, and I also want to preface this by saying that, at least in my, for, for me, the advice that I'm giving about, like, what to do when networking when you're just coming out of school is because I have done these things that have been embarrassing because I didn't know. So, I mean, every, everybody starts somewhere. So, like... Giving your business card to everybody you meet when you immediately meet them, like you're throwing out dollars, like you're a hot shot. Maybe don't do that either, yeah. mm -hmm. because it's a little off-putting to be like, "Here's my business card," and then then go into conversation. It's good to say, like, "Would it be all right if I could give you I, my business yeah, card?" I like the asking them if they have a business card. Yeah, ask them if they have one and then they might be and the person might be like, "Oh, do you have one?" be like, "Well, you activated my trap card." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pot of greed. I gotcha. <laughs> Their business card is actually a Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, what? No, actually what I found works even better now than business cards is after you're talking for a while with people, people just ask you, oh, what is your handle on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, Instagram has yeah. Yes, it has. Business card. Yeah, truly. Because people are like, oh, let me see your... And then you end up going, oh, I like this illustration. Oh, I like this. Oh, yeah. I like this. And then you end up messaging them through Instagram and going to lunch. Yeah, so I, think I think that's what happened with us. I messaged well. you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, are you going to CTN? Because I'm going. And then you're like, yeah, maybe we'll see each other there. And then we did. And then we did, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Instagram, I don't know, it's like... It's a lot of fun, and then you can see what they're about. Yeah. Yeah, Chris taught me that, actually. I remember I asked him about that and during our mentorship. He was just like, 
Yeah, I don't have business. What? <laughs> like, yeah, just some, Who's like business. Yeah, <laughs> just like asks about handles. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to carry them around. Yeah, you it know, is good to. Yeah, people want to know, especially depending yeah, not, on. Yeah, not everyone has. Yeah. Internet, <laughs> or well, everyone well, lives on the internet. Depending on the I setting too, because I've yeah. gone to more. I've gone to animation conferences that are more like formal? business, yeah, mm-hmm. like formal centric type right. stuff. Yeah, and a lot of those people just. But actually, the last one I went to, I didn't hand out business cards. It was just, oh, where's your telephone number? I'll just text you. Oh, yeah. wow. People were just right. like telephone and email. Mm-hmm. But that was a little different because it was, um, I went to the Brick Summit, which was mm. really good. But everybody, pretty much everybody there was already in the industry or right. been in the industry for a while. And so people were very comfortable after we had talked all day long with just, oh, this is my email. This is my telephone number. Just email me. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just just ask that. Yeah, just ask say, for can the I contacts. Just, can I just contact you? Yeah. yeah. Some folks are a little more old school. Some folks are a little yeah. more new school. You mm-hmm. got to be able to juggle. Yep. That's an actually a really good point. Thank you. Sometimes I have good points. You have very good points. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and probably another good point is something we were talking about before the podcast is have your most recent information up. Yes. On oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Especially your portfolio link mm-hmm. and then, you know, actually, you know, your updated job information and all that. Right. Because mm-hmm. right. yeah. if it's outdated, people yeah. might not know what you're doing. Yeah, they kind of expect, oh, like, you might have the wrong information and be like, oh, this person is doing this and that and this. Like, oh, I'll contact them for this. Mm-hmm. And either that contact information's old or you're actually not doing this or that or this <laughs> that or that's in your description. Mm-hmm. So you should probably have it updated. Yeah. Updated yeah. photos or updated illustration of yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're exhibiting at conventions because then people know that it's you when they're going mm-hmm. to meet you and mm-hmm. buy your poster or buy your print or buy your book. That way they're not going, where is, I don't actually mm-hmm. know what this person looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good idea to put on your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, your booth number before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I don't do that, people are like, I could not find you. Like, <laughs> like oh, a person I could have met, I talked to. Totally. Don't know where I am. So make sure you do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but you're right. Current information. If it's like three jobs behind, yeah. you're like, wait a like, minute, whoops. what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, you aren't doing yourself any favors. If, yeah, you don't put your stuff up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do you guys post your, your art? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I need to get better about it. Mm-hmm. And if I do post it, it's typically on Twitter or Instagram. Instagram a little more often than Twitter. I don't post artwork to Facebook or Tumblr anymore, mostly because Tumblr's flagging things that is flagging art of mine that's inappropriate even though it's not because it's going through its weird purge of not safe for work stuff so i'm like i'm just gonna not even bother with this right now but yeah like every couple of weeks i have gone for months without posting artwork even though i draw in my sketchbook but i would say that's a testament to you don't have to post your artwork consistently sometimes it's good to just draw for yourself you don't have to like cater to the masses if you're not necessarily doing that because then that makes people anxious about not posting artwork (sighs) yeah yeah i try to uh on what you're saying about like anxious i'm not posting artwork i try not to worry about the amount of posting i do but also secretly in the back of my mind i think about it where it's like oh you know what like maybe either once a week or once a month 
if I hadn't did it in like a couple weeks, I'm not freaking out about it. Like I'll be like, oh, you know what? I haven't posted in a couple weeks. I'll like I'll make a post now or something. But trying not to make it longer than a month. Like I feel like if yeah. I don't post post something longer than a month, for longer than a month, yeah, then it's just I don't know. Like, what are you doing? Are you still here? What's going on? It's just like distant boss battle music from a JRPG in the back of your head, and you're like, oh god, the the fight's coming. Yeah. I don't know when, but it's coming. That's what your anxiety is. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that part of social media makes me like anxious because it's kind of like I I don't want to post if I don't feel like posting like which should be the thing but I'm also like oh no like uh, I'll lose followers if I don't post and I'm like who are I don't even know any of these people I don't really Who's, care who are you? like <laughs> like literally sometimes I open like Twitter Instagram and like is this the day that I just close this account so I don't have to worry about posting something <laughs> then I'm like no nah, this is a good source of information <laughs> so I don't know. That's how I feel about Facebook. I would love to delete oh, my I, Facebook. Oh, I think about that every but I can't. single time Facebook comes up. Because there's event info on it, and yeah. I can organize events, yeah. and I can message people. Mm-hmm. But going back to like the posting thing, yeah. kind of bringing the posting to networking a little bit, mm-hmm. that even if you don't post your artwork all the time, I feel that if you respond to people, that's okay to do. Yes. Because you should still, mm-hmm. like, even if you... Like, don't feel pressured to post your artwork, like, every day or all the time. As long as, like, you know, you're drawing for yourself, I think that's important, yeah. too, like, in your own little personal sketchbook. Yeah. And, like, you don't have to worry about posting every single sketch to do in your sketchbook, even if it is messy. Like, yeah. I would say don't I worry to, about yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to want, yeah, uh, mention that or, I guess, jump off of what you're saying. Like, yeah, I feel like it's almost... I'm not sure if it's, like, more important or I guess just as important to, like, actually respond to what people are doing, like, other people are doing, because it's kind of part of that meeting people, like, Mm -hmm. networking, (laughs) social meeting people. Social meeting people. (laughs) Where you're not meeting that person if you're just, like, hitting the follow button, you know? Like, if you're actually, like, interacting with their pieces, like, oh, this is a great piece, or, like, well, I really like this piece because it reminds me of this, or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, just, like... Like, getting your, I guess, opinion out there mm-hmm. and, like, commenting or, like, talking to other people. Um, it's a good is, way to support them, too. Yeah. Because if mm-hmm. you're following arts that you admire, that is, even if they aren't doing the job that you want to do or they are doing the job that you want to be doing or they're in that group, it's a good way to support them and show that, like, hey, I like your stuff and this is why I'm following you. Exactly. And they might you know remember your handle for that be like oh yeah that's that person that likes my stuff or that's that person that like responds to the thing that i post yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah and you kind of become a real person that yeah exactly to other people instead yeah. of when you're just liking things or you know hearting things they aren't going through all those hearts and being like no, oh yeah. i'm gonna check <laughs> yeah. out this person cause yeah it's definitely know. the person that are commenting mm-hmm. going like oh i like this because of that or like i like this in general and they're like yeah. oh okay cool like so, oh this person has art and posts continuously or like oh this person has opinions that i agree with yeah, like I'll, I'll follow them i've definitely followed some people that have responded to artwork that i've posted or little tweets that i make and that have been fans of the podcast too and i'm like oh hey it's that person yeah i like them follow. and i also <laughs> feel like it's important to say like not to do that disingenuously as yeah, well because there are people that, that are like all right uh, uh, all right numbers all right uh i have to comment on everything <laughs> uh great 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 
great. Uh, this is great. That's great. And just like having like all your comments are just you saying great on things because mm-hmm. you want people to see that you're commenting. Or, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, like, oh, nice, 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 nice. And don't Shazam. don't put like follow back or like yeah oh my god yeah like oh that, yeah, yeah wow uh, why are you me? following me I hate me. when someone's just like you should follow me. look at my art now it's like it's like no <laughs> like the person will look at it if they want to or not like oh my god it's a huge pet peeve of mine when I see mm-hmm. someone's like oh wow this is a good piece you should check out my Instagram profile yeah. it's like no shut up stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good thing also to have, if you're using your social media to display your artwork and to kind of use it as a calling card or whatever, to have a good art to whatever else you're doing ratio because you want, if someone looks you up, you want them to see your artwork, not what you had for breakfast 10 days in a row. Yeah. Because when I go to someone's Instagram order to check them out, if they don't have a lot of art on it, or it's just like cat pics or whatever, yeah. then I'm kind of like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. yeah, I have a tendency to, I mean, I guess it's because I'm looking for art when mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram, but yeah, whenever I see like photos, I'm like, all right, well, time to leave this profile. Mm-hmm. I think in that case, it's good to have a personal Insta and an yes. art Insta. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have a separate one. Mm-hmm. I barely post a lot of personal photos on my instagram if anything it's mostly just stories because those go away right they don't stay there those go away i feel like jumping back to the thought of frequency of posting it just reminds me of i don't know that mindset of thinking about the frequency of posting stuff makes me think more marketing i guess than like social networking which i guess marketing is also important but i feel like when you get into the marketing aspect of things I don't know, it's not soulless, but just it's a different mindset because it feels more formal and business than like, oh, I'm just trying to like get to know people or like... Uh... You're saying the job I had for two years was soulless. No, I'm kidding. Advertising no, is I'm long. saying it's not that. I'm saying <laughs> no, I'm it's kidding. like a lot more formal. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get you. Like, oh, what where did I mean Oh, that? all the spaghetti. <laughs> I just... Oh, okay, no, I'll say what I'm trying to... I'll say what I'm actually thinking. I'm saying okay. like marketing... I'm afraid when I think of it in a marketing aspect, I'm being disingenuous. Ah. Mm. I was just afraid of saying I'm being disingenuous again. Because I, I keep saying it. I'm like, no. Don't mind. be a coward. No, Speak no, no. your mind. No, I think you make a good point. Because I think a lot about just how social media is presented, especially yeah. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've watched a lot of videos on how to market yourself better on Instagram and mm-hmm. then how to create better art on Instagram and then how to talk to followers but how to like really talk and engage with people and I feel all those people are coming from a good place. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. I think of things like the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. where it was just Instagram models saying, look how great this thing is and then like selling people yeah. a bad bag of goods and yeah. then it turns out they're FEMA tents and grilled cheese sandwiches instead of what they were promised. And those mm-hmm. people worked really hard to make those sandwiches and I feel bad for all of those people. That worked on that but anyway that's a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah. but i just wonder yeah. is there a line or is it more of yes we all know that we're all trying to promote ourselves on social media but there's a way to promote yourself that's showing yes i'm promoting myself but i'm still a person and i genuinely like what i'm doing and i like you versus no i'm just a cog in a wheel <laughs> trying to make a thing to get a million followers and make money and mm. i think there's a yeah, there's those definitely those are definitely two different things and mm-hmm. I think you can kind of tell if someone's being like just 
I'm here to do the thing versus like I'm here to show you my art and I really like you for liking my art. I yeah. think there's I think it, you can kind of tell and there's like a clear divide between that. Yeah, I guess it's like just having those the tool set of how to function on social media in mind when trying to like just connect with people is I don't know, it's just like um just ways of communicating and understanding how things could be done in a better way and like understanding like all right like i actually do like this artist instead of saying like just liking their things and never interacting with them i could interact with them and like yeah uh, maybe we there is a relationship that could develop in like whether it's acquaintances or friends or like um the possibility of a job it's like oh yeah that that'd be that would be cool like, but this is not what I'm trying to force to happen. Yeah. I guess that goes into you can't necessarily force relationships when networking and you can't like force mentorship either. That stuff has to happen naturally because mentorship is also like a really important thing when coming out here that. But I feel that that's something that grows like you can't really force someone to be like, I want you to train me, you know, like because it's like that person has to be willing to give the time and you have to be willing to put in the effort for it. And if someone who's doing the job that you want is like really busy or they just don't have the time, you can't like make them. And for social media, you can't like just make somebody be your friend. I don't know. All the spaghetti, man. It was just, oh my God. All the spaghetti. I truly don't know where all the spaghetti came from, but I'm so sorry. I've just been throwing it at you guys. No, uh, I, my shoelaces are just all eternally untied. We're going to have to clean this up. <laughs> no, I think, you know, what you're saying, it's kind of been the theme of this whole podcast is, you know, you were saying basically being genuine. Yeah, yeah. Be, being genuine about mm-hmm. stuff. And you can be genuine when you really want to network with that person or want that mentorship from that person but there's just certain ways to go about it and not being like overly aggressive about it which can kind of put some people off i guess is what i'm trying to say like not forcing those relationships like it goes into i watched some youtube documentary about parasocial relationships and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) parasocial relationships it's like when you follow youtubers or celebrities and you're like that's my friend because oh. I interact with them all the time. And you feel and, like you know them. And, and I, yeah, and you feel like you know them through like their media that they're presenting. And it's like, maybe take a chill pill, yeah. brah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> slow down just a little. It's like not getting into the parasocial relationship aspect of it and being genuine and just reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I went to that YouTube documentary. No, that's, <laughs> that's a very, that's very a good, good point. point. Yeah. No. Such a good point. Yeah. Because you feel like you know them because you, you, know, you see you watch all their videos. Yeah. yeah. You follow them on all social media. Mm-hmm. You go to the events. You listen to the podcast. You've seen all their movies and television shows. Mm-hmm. You read about them in magazines and websites. You're like, I know this person. You're like, no, you don't. Yeah, no, not you really. You just know what you've seen through the filter of media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't know them. They you don't know especially don't know you. They don't know you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you just come at them like, hey, they'll be like, whoa. Like, who? Hold up. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And that's Hoops. when it gets really awkward and somewhat dangerous when, you know, you start to think like, 
oh, they owe me something because yeah. I am following them. I'm doing well, all these things. Well, then you get toxic yeah. fandom of, you owe yeah. me this. It's like, they mm-hmm. owe you nothing. Yeah. That documentary on YouTube talks about that. Mm-hmm. They, like, talk a lot about, um, what's that comedian? Bo Burnham is his name? Oh. And yeah. he made some music video about, like, called Repeat Stuff and about, like, just consumerism of, like, fans and, like, things like that. Uh, this is not important. You, y'all watch that later. <laughs> Back on topic, even though that kind of is on topic. (laughs) It's it's to the topic of when you're wanting to meet people, Mm -hmm. social setting. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have this image in your head of they're like this because what I've seen online or what I've seen in videos or what Mm -hmm. I've seen on DVDs and just have in the back of your head, they might not be the image that you have in your mind. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, that's okay. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And don't go at them like, necessarily expecting anything other than hey i like your work i think you're cool Mm -hmm. you know if you're at a convention i'd like to buy your book or can i ask you about such and such movie or television show you worked on i'm Mm -hmm. very curious how you did xyz right lead at that and if they want to engage more that's great and if they don't or they're tired or you realize hey we don't really have a lot in common it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Because I've met people like that where I've met people like in person, they're like, oh, they're cool. And then other times it's like, they're not having a good day. I'm going to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, maybe we don't jive the way I thought we would. It's fine. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's just how, mean that's how, that's how people are. Yeah, that's, it doesn't that's mean just, they're bad people. It just means, hey, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. They're people. Yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't and have the next to, like, time you see it, it, it might be in a good mood. You never know. Yeah. So. Yeah, don't have those expectations. Yeah. At, uh, Comic cons when I meet people that I'm following mm-hmm. or whatever, or I've met at a mixer or whatever, I usually just say, "Hey, you know, we met at this thing. I don't know if you remember me, but then I just get right into it. I don't even let them answer because I don't want to know if they don't remember me, <laughs> and you don't want to make it awkward. You yeah. don't want to put them on the spot. Like I've seen people where they're, you don't remember me? I we've met like two or three times. It's like yeah. don't do that. Don't put that on them. Just mm-hmm. you know, throw out there that." you met before just so that maybe next time they'll remember you but and saying i don't know if you remember me but is like kind of giving them it's kind of taking the weight off their shoulders like if they really don't remember then it's okay and you're reintroducing yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've met people that i've forgotten that i met them and then they'll say like oh yeah remember we did this i'm like right and i've been very fortunate that people have been very kind to me (laughs) when Mm -hmm. i've I've forgotten them because sometimes i haven't seen them for a year and they got a new haircut (laughs) and i'm like I know this person, but, <laughs> but they're saying a lot of things to me that are really familiar. And mm-hmm. then it's like five minutes in, I'm like, oh, wait, oh, I do know them kind of well. Oh, shoot. And yeah. they've been very nice. Mm-hmm. So just like we said, you're taking earlier, just be human nice. beings are processing so much information yeah. a day. So it's like, Especially you're going to forget some stuff. Oh, yeah. And you don't know what happened that day. Yeah. They might have had a terrible day with their spouse or their kids or their car broke down or something happened at work or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be cool. Be cool. Yeah. Be, be, cool. be more chill. Be more be chill. Be more chill. That who's, should be 2019, which more is chill? not off to that start. Yeah. I was nice. making a reference to a musical for anybody that knows that. Oh, what's the musical? The Are you not allowed to say? No, it's called Be More Chill. Oh. oh really? My roommate really likes it. Oh. <laughs> they talk about it a lot. So I was like, hey, Be More Chill. Be More Chill. Good, yeah. Good name. Failure is an option. Wow. 
can I say that? What? Because <laughs> you're not Ed Harris, and you're not trying to get people away from the moon. <laughs> you just threw that out there. I yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like I want to say quotes. Everybody <laughs> fails, and that's okay. Yeah. Yes. Let's get back up. Yes. That's exactly how I was attributing yep. that. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just repeating what you had already said. Thank you for making the connection. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. We traveled out of the world and back again. Traveled around the world back again. And beautiful. <laughs> Amen. So is there anything else that y'all would like to add that you feel like we haven't touched on yet? We need to draft it like anything. Because I feel like that was very comprehensive. Yeah, that was a lot of stuff. So tell us a little more about y'all's podcast. And then tell us where people can find you guys. We have a podcast called Black and Animated. And our mission statement is to empower, encourage, and inspire young black artists trying to get into animation careers. Yeah, by introducing black creatives that are in animation and talking to them about their journeys and also just talking about animation in general. Yeah, Um, how it relates to black culture as a whole. Yeah, and you can find us by searching for black N, as in the letter N, not and, blacknanimated.podbeat.com. Mm-hmm. And we're on iTunes, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are the platforms that you can currently find us on. And you can find our Facebook group where just listeners kind of gather together and chat about latest episodes or we occasionally post job postings that we find and just information about the industry. And uh, our Twitter as well, mm-hmm. where we ask our listeners to prepare questions for our guests that come on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, we can found with uh, the handle at black and animated. <laughs> black and animated, y'all. Black and animated. Sounds good. And I really liked your last episode on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Thank you. It's it's fantastic. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, that's great. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I truly don't know the lyrics of that song. Miles Morales does not know the lyrics of that song, as he demonstrated in the film. That's fantastic. And where can people find y'all online, like the two of you personally? I am at Brianimator on Twitter. Because I thought it was cute when I was called. I was like, I'm going to be an animator, guys. And then I was like, I don't want to be an animator. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that. I respect people who do it, but I don't want to do it. I want to be a storyboard artist and maybe go into production. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at bread animator because somebody took Brie animator. I'm coming for them. Wait, is it bread <laughs> animator or is bread. it bread demator? Bread animator. Okay. Bread and then animator. Wait, yeah, wait. I'm bread animator on Instagram. You can find my artwork and the occasional cosplay photo when I go to a con. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching the long, difficult handle at Wayman's. <laughs> it's just my name with an S at the end of it. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you both for coming on the show today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank we you. We love you, Andrew and Jeff. You guys are great. You're going to start crying. Sorry that we spilled so much spaghetti. All over <laughs> we'll we'll clean it up. And red yeah, wine. Carpet now, y'all. <laughs>
there is actually spaghetti on the ground. We're not just <laughs> making a joke. Truly. No, it's just spaghetti sauce and no meatballs It's on our, It's on all. our feet. If, yeah. if any of you have a number for a good carpet cleaner, please contact the Animated Journey. Or a spaghetti lover. <laughs> yeah, if you want to eat some spaghetti, you can yeah. come eat it. <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> and that concludes today's episode. Special thanks again to Brian Wei for being on the show, and make sure to check out their websites, as well as the Black and Animated podcast, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and to also leave a five-star review. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can also find us on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify, so make sure to check that out. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button. And to see what else is going on in the world of animation, make sure to check out our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And Jeff, where can people find you? People can find me at jeffbot.com and on Twitter, jeffbot, J-E-F-B-O-T. And on Instagram, I'm Shootsie, S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E. And to find out what I've been up to lately, you can check out my website, www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram, the handle is at sketchysoul. So that does it for this episode. Make sure to tune in next time for the next part of our mini-series. And until then, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Bye.